You ready, Ash? Oh, yeah. All I'm right, ready. let's do it. Let's freaking do this. Let's do this. We're pumped. Boom. For Monday's podcast. Ashley's especially in the zone today. Oh. Are you? Uh, yeah, of course. This is, uh, can we start? Let's, let's do it again with some. Dude. Okay. Ashley's definitely in the zone. Heck today. yeah, I'm in the there zone. There we go. Boom, now we're ready for this. Monday's podcast. Boom. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so it is, it is another podcast. We're doing the follow up for. Bro science versus actual science today. This is part number two. Mm-hmm. We had a fun time last time. Yeah, so. and we had so many, so many good points to make that we had to continue on for part two. You know, yeah, gotta get him out there. And we had some good questions come in on Instagram Live. So if you guys are on uh, following on Instagram Live, feel free to ask those questions. We might uh, go into some of them, and I'll, I'll go into some of them this week uh, during an Ask Adam if we don't get to it. If it's a, if it's a, a relevant question, so. Anyway, Ashley, what do we got? What do we? How was your How's your week been, by the way? My week's you know, been pretty good, I would say. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I had a more of a relaxing week last week, and then this week I'm going to Arizona to have a photo shoot for NASM. NASM. Yeah, Ashley's Ashley's climbing at the walls to get into one of these shows, though. <laughs> climbing up the walls. Climbing up like you like you can't wait to get on stage. Oh, climbing I've up. never heard that term before. No, it sounds like I'm. Being creepy, and <laughs> like, like, like a cat burglar. The show. I can I see know. being a cat cat burglar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll be in Arizona this weekend, but I'll I'll be salty. I'm not competing. That's for sure. Yeah, and there's mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of shows this weekend. We have three. Yeah, three, and I think is there one overseas too? I think no. Is there uh, four this weekend total, or just three? I saw three, but I could be wrong. I yeah. could be wrong. Yeah, we have California, Texas, and. Oh, two in Cal- Tahoe, too. That's California, mm-hmm. too, right? Yeah, so. San Diego, I think, is where Pacific, Pacific USA, USA yeah. Tahoe Pro Show, and then Texas. Yeah. yeah, been a lot of pro shows happening. So we'll do a, we'll do a, a, a podcast coming up when it, when it comes closer to the Olympia time of everything going on at the Olympia. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another, uh, there was a Tampa last weekend. I think that's now there's like, there's probably 30, after that one, I think there's 37 people qualified for the Olympia in bikini. It's area. too much. <laughs> yeah. Can we just cut it, cut it? At one point, they were trying to cut it at 25. Remember that bracket system they tried? They were going to yeah. do. I don't think they ever even did it. I don't know if they ever even did no, it. No, I don't think they did. Poor yeah. Adam got to sit in the stands. <laughs> Man, you better like camp out with a little tent and everything. You, you better have like food prepared, dry food. Like you know what I mean, astronaut. Food. Yeah, I know, right? Because it's like one, it's gonna be so long. Those those one those minute po- those one minute twenty second posing routines times fifty is gonna be is gonna be a day of posing. Yeah. yeah. Don't even pump yet. Just wait. Like if you pumped from fifteen minutes before the show and you're like in the middle, they're like ninety minutes in before you get on stage. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, thank goodness I'm in the middle though. Yeah. I, with a, I love having a K as my last name because I'm in the middle, yeah. so I don't have to wait till the tippy end. But I still get a good like vibe of like how it's going and you know i can see some of the show but even even with you know 50 competitors maybe even more honestly um that's even going to be a long time for me to stand around in heels yeah my toes get cold and you know what you know what's crazy this year i think it's because the olympia is back in vegas the vip tickets sold in like 24 hours so i don't even have a vip ticket to get into like the main area yet i gotta figure that out Mm -hmm. i had to be like outside the stands which is i've never had a hard time getting a a VIP ticket usually you, you know a week two weeks when they come out you have no problem within was it a day was it because Aubrey tried to get some too and it was like less I know she tried the next day after the announcement and they're gone craziness I have good news for you hopefully I might I mean since I'm competing in it I think <laughs> I think they give out 
like a prejudging finals, but I could be wrong. Yeah, well, I, I was know. counting on it too. I was, I was kind of banking on at least the morning, but the uh, <laughs> the what's it called? The um, Hugo's in town. You yeah. know, it's it's, it's wasn't sure. Well, you know, but who knows? Whatever. We're know. gonna we're gonna try. Um, but yeah, it, y- <laughs> there's a lot of shows this year. <laughs> a lot. In the there's a show um, on the weekend of September 30th slash October 1st, and the re- the reason I say that is because one of them's a I think of Saturday and Sunday scenario. So with that week, um, with that week, uh, there's six bikini shows. That's crazy. Six of them. So that's six insane. more qualified people. If, if no one's qualified already in those ones, that's insane in one weekend. And then there'll be like 15 bodybuilders, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh Isn't that, it is unfortunate, right? Yeah. Goodness gracious. It's insane. Yeah. Um, but there's some new, have you seen all the news in the bodybuilder world lately? I don't know if you're following it so much, but there's a Crizzo's coming out, Andrew Jacked. Like there's like some really new guys coming in that are like causing know. a, causing a stir in bodybuilding, which is actually the first time bodybuilding has been exciting for a while. You know, mm-hmm. hasn't been super exciting for, for a good period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, hasn't really been exciting. Like like super exciting because like the, the top guys maybe weren't competing or whatever, but since basically since like Sean dethroned Phil, for me, it hasn't really been like exciting, you know, like it's been like, uh, you know, well, he's not competing. He's not competing. It's like, well, if he shows up in shape, then maybe he'll win. But it's like, it's, this is actually starting to get really exciting again. So I'm pretty happy about it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Totes. but we are in the bikini world. What yeah. are, what are the bikini questions we got coming in? Um, for this, uh, for this, for today. Yeah. So let's go over some like bro science and uh, real science. Okay. <laughs> Just like we were last week. Um, let's have a little chat about like meal frequency. Now, this yeah. is something that I think has kind of phased off quite a bit, but I still see it every once in a while. Um, you know, timing your meals and and even combining your meals. Like, what's the best? Is is two big meals a day the best? Is five separate meals a day the best? Should I do a post-workout meal with a fast protein, fast carb? All that good stuff. And I feel like that's one that there might be some little bit of truth when it comes to like the post-workout meal, right? Um, But probably not as much of of an importance as you might think, you know what I'm saying? Um, But as far as like meal frequency is concerned, I think like that's up to the individual. Some people can't even do, you know, five or six meals a day due to their work. Maybe they're working all day long and they can only eat twice a day. And then some people prefer like six meals a day just to keep their taste buds entertained. I think I'm one that likes, I like to eat five times a day, five littler meals a day. Cause I, I feel like for me, it does keep my taste buds kind of entertained and, and, um, you know, I, I don't like to be full a lot. Like, so I don't like having big, big meals and combining them. I'd rather just have smaller ones throughout the day, but you know, personal preference, but I'll have you go into all of that and why it's not really that important to time it other than the post-workout meal. Yeah. Um, it's been, yeah, it's kind of crazy actually how, how far it's come. Yeah. You know, um, I've been doing this since I was a kid really. So, you know, when I started training, I started training people in 2000. And so back then it was like, you better eat every three hours. Like if you hit a four hour marker, like you're catabolic, you're going to lose all your gains, bro. Like, <laughs> and even then, Back then, I used to freak out. Like, I would freak out. Like, if I hit, like, three hours, three and a half hours, and I was, like, coming up on it, you know, I'd be like, oh, man, I got to, like, pull over. Like, I didn't care what I ate at that point. I just needed some calories in me. Otherwise, I was, like, going to lose muscle. I was like, can't let this all this hard work go to waste, you know? And so I'd, like, pull over and eat any anything protein-based. Like, even if I had to eat, like, 
beef jerky at like a gas station or something i'd like pull over i mean i've done some pretty desperate things for food like on on the road like it's it's a pretty embarrassing or like remember one time um i was on this date with this girl and it took like it took like i was like a four-hour window and then we got there we had reservations and it was like some hibachi restaurant some japanese hibachi restaurant and they had us wait for like an additional like 45 minutes. I was like really busy. But even though we had an appointment, so I was like freaking out. So I like went to the bar and got like a thing of edamame beans. Like, cause I thought I was going to like lose my gains. <laughs> and it was like, it's like, so I'm sitting in the lobby eating edamame on this date. Cause I'm, I'm thinking it was the last day. I, w- I wonder if it was me. So, <laughs> so, but I was eating, like, that's how, how crazy it was. Right. You used mm-hmm. to just think, oh, I'm losing my gains. Like, and that's all that mattered, you know, but you know, I was obsessed with bodybuilding then, but um, yeah, so come to find out <laughs> that that was that was not really necessary um and actually what's funny is that the science is so much better now really because like a lot of people on youtube and stuff are putting out videos and explaining things in a, in a better way but um we used it so what's really funny is we had they had everything wrong and you guys might have heard this but there's this thing called the thermic effect of food right and and bodybuilders still get this wrong. And the thermic effect of food, people were using it the wrong way. So the thermic effect of food is basically like how many calories it takes your body to di- how many calories your body is burning from the food to digest the food, worth of calories with the food. So let's say you ate 100 calories from, um, let's say 100 calories from Kool-Aid, pure sugar, right? Almost no thermic effect. It, your body's going to absorb that, use that very easily. Then you take in 100 calories from broccoli, right? Well, it's going to be really hard for your body to digest that. You might burn 35 of those calories from broccoli digesting 100 calories of broccoli, right? And that's that's one of the reasons I don't do like macro-based diets because the differences of that are huge and calories on paper and calories digested are two different things. So I always say that like to like a macro guy. I'm like, okay, well, if we're going for precision, similar eating, similar foods with the net calories is what I need, Right if I'm trying to prepare someone for like a big show or something like that, it does matter at that point. Transformation people are just trying to lose some weight, whatever, you know, I think it's fine. Having a, a macro meal per day to keep your sanity, I don't think there's any issue with that because it throws off the minimums. It's it's one meal versus five being thrown off, right? So I'm, I'm okay with that, but that's, that's why I don't do that. So bodybuilders used to think thermic effect of food as well. If you're eating, you're burning more calories throughout the day. So you actually raise your metabolism because of the, the thermic effect of the food. But it was it doesn't matter whether you eat that meal in one sitting or you eat that meal in five sittings. However many calories it takes to digest that volume of food, it's the same whether it's in one or it's in five. But we used to think, oh, it raises the thermic effect of the food. You got to keep that elevated so we can raise the metabolism. And then you used to think, oh, we're you're going to go catabolic after three hours because your body's not going to have any pro- uh, amino acids in the system, right? Well, come to find out, your body, it, it makes very, very little difference of how frequently you eat and how much body fat you lose or how much protein or how much, uh, yeah, protein you synthesize or amino acids you synthesize to build muscle. So um, there's a few studies that references. There's two main studies that references is the same study done twice, really. Um, but the, what, what they found out was they did, so they did, they tested the body fat part of it and they said, okay, we're going to do three, six and 14 meals in one in a day, right? So 14 meals was like the extreme, right? So 14 meals was like, okay, this will definitely prove the point that the more often you eat, the more calories you burn, the more body fat you lose, right? And actually what happened was the differences between the three, the six, and the 14 were very, very minimal. The differences were like very minimal. And actually the, the, the person who lost slightly the most amount of body fat was the person who ate three meals a day, which was surprising. Everyone thought slightly it'd be the 14, right? If anything. 
Um, so then they tested against like, all right, let's try it again. Two, four and six meals a day. And so they did it two, four and six meals a day. Again, a very nominal difference, but again, it aired on the side of eating the less, right? Which was, which was, it just shocked everyone. They're like, wow, that is, that's crazy. So that burns, that throws that out the window, right? Um, now when it comes to, so, so for you out there, and I get this question a lot from nurses and doctors and people who are on their feet all the time or whatever, it seems to be a lot of nurses, um, they'll say, I can't do a bodybuilding program because I can't eat every three hours, two hours, right? And I'm like, well, that answers that question. <laughs> we, have, we have a lot of nurses who are, you know, competitors and a lot of nurses who are like pro competitors, you know? Kimber was a nurse when she got her pro card. And so, you know, she was on her feet, um, like in the doing operations. So sometimes she couldn't eat for like six hours at a time, five hours at a time. So like, it's very, very possible to do that if you are in that situation and it doesn't make that big of a difference. Now, when we talked about the post-workout, being a part of it and that being an important part of it. So here's the thing about bodybuilding. Not everything's going to be proven, but some things you might as well just do because it might make a difference, right? It's one of those things. The post-workout seems to be one that does make a, a, a difference to some capacity, whether it's huge or minimal, it does make some difference. And I think getting amino acids and replenishing glycogen used during that, during that window right after you work out, you're going to have to eat anyway, so why not do it then? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a good idea, and it's going to help with recovery. I personally notice a big difference if I have a hard workout and I do post-workout. And if I have a hard workout and I eat like three hours later, I'm a little bit more sore the next day uh, when I don't do that. And, I've, and I, I find that to be common with everyone. So I always say, you know what? Um, that one, it's, it's definitely a little bit better. If, if, it's, if it's better at all, it's definitely a little bit better. But it could be a lot better, and we just don't know for sure yet. So I would say after the workout, do eat something very quickly. Do eat something easy digesting really quickly. Um, and, and get that into your system because your body is like craving replenishing glycogen, uh, is wanting to synthesize more amino acids at that point and, um, and get them in there. You know, why not get them in there? But as far as the eating more frequently thing goes, it doesn't matter. And we have to understand too, like it depends on also what you eat on how little it matters. So if I ate a big steak, if I ate an eight ounce steak and a potato, uh, that's going to take me, you know, six hours, eight hours to digest that food. So it's going to be different than if I ate a whey protein shake, you know, too. So a lot of times we didn't take that into account. We just said, oh, eat every two to three hours. So you're always having amino acids in the system. Well, if you eat a steak in the morning, you probably have amino acids in your system for like 12 hours after that day minimum, you know, if not more. So it's, it's kind of also you have to use some common sense, like, well, what did I eat? And, and then also you have to look at the studies. It really doesn't matter even if I just ate whey protein. It doesn't seem to matter that much at all. And now you can even look at this, the data from like fasting and stuff. And a lot of people are even doing fasting and still getting results. So it, it just seems like it just doesn't really matter that much. And if you're one of those guys that was like me, don't ruin your dates. <laughs> you can eat whatever you want to eat whenever, you know, eat it whenever you want to eat it. You're going to be fine. You're not going to lose any muscle. You're not wasting away. It takes a lot longer than that. It takes a lot longer than that. Yeah, I would say so. Well, there you go. That was long winded, eh? There you go. <laughs> okay, so the second point to bring up, and this is another one. There is a little bit of truth to it. So fat makes you fat. So does fat actually itself make you fat? Or should we look at it more as it is the macro with the highest calorie to weight density, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so in that sense, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you might not be getting as much uh, bang for your buck, if that makes any sense, in comparison to, let's say, protein. Um, but, you know, fat definitely has its benefits, too, and it does play an important role uh, in, in your diet. But um, the idea that it just because it, it is fat, it's going to make you fat and not so much. So yeah. you can dive in deeper. Yeah, this one, this one's 
Cool, because gonna. This is actually gonna be helpful for a lot of people. I think. I think it will be helpful for a lot of people. I think the first two will the thermic effect of the food, and then this one. Um, so we have to go back into the thermic effect of food, which we talked about, which is how many calories it takes your body from the food you're eating to process the food you're eating. Um, and then your net calories are after that. So one of the things here's here's the where you run into problems. So fat is probably one of the more satiating things. So it's very low volume, but you feel very full on it. So a lot of times fat is good for people in their diet because they feel more full on it. But you kind of get a two-part bang for your buck in the negative department on fats when you're consuming fats. Because fats, it's very, very low volume for high calories, right? So it's 2.25 times one uh, calorie of 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 like protein or carbs in terms of volume. So like you're talking, um, so it's nine calories per gram versus four calories per gram. So it's a lot less for a lot more, a lot less volume for a lot more calories. Now people feel more full on it because it's more calorie dense. I think that's the reason people more, feel more full on it, just because the calories are there. But volume wise, it doesn't do anything for you, right? It's very, very mm -hmm. minimal. Um, also with like blood sugar, it doesn't spike your blood sugar at all. So you're usually pretty fine with that, you know, with, with, the, with the fats. Um, so you feel, you know, you feel pretty full with it. I don't know what the reasoning specifically for why you're feeling more full with fats. I honestly think it's just calorie density is really what it is. Mm -hmm. But um, here's the here's the thing with calories. The the other part of the the it being not bang for your buck is that fat is the easiest thing to store as fat. Okay, so fat it takes very very few calories to store as fat. Mm -hmm. So versus so if you look at uh, 100 calories from fat. 98 of those calories, estimated 98 calories, I'm sure it's different per person, estimated 98 calories out of 100 calories can be stored as fat. So it's the easiest, fat's the easiest thing to convert to stored fat. Mm -hmm. So that's where you run into a very low thermic effect, right? It's very, very, not just calorie dense, but very easily calorie usable and storable, right? Versus something like protein, which is really, really hard for your body to store it as fat. Estimated Protein to be stored as fat per 100 calories, 72 to 76 calories. So we're talking 25% less likelihood, right, of being stored as fat. And it takes the body a lot longer of a process. You can't store protein as fat. You have to, it has to be convert, um, it has to convert to glucose and then get stored as, as fat. So it's this process called gluconeogenesis where you'd have to actually convert it and then store it as fat. And it's just unlikely that that's going to happen. It's more likely going to happen with a carb. Then and then and then a fat before it happens as a protein. So, in terms of laying out a diet, you know, if you took a thousand calories from just fats and you took a thousand calories from just proteins, the net calories after your body burned through and digested them, you're talking 980 from fats and let's say 750 from proteins. Of course, there's an advantage doing it a, a higher protein diet versus a higher fat diet in that scenario. And yes, the net calories would actually be higher than, but on paper, it's still a thousand calories, but the net calories after, after consuming them and using the energy it takes to digest them would be higher with fats and they'd be more likely to be stored as fat because it's very easy for the body to store fat as a fat. It's already there. So, um, so that's, that's where you run into that issue. So that's where you run into a lot of these coaches using like higher protein diets and um, very low fat diets. Um, it's a great way to, to, to diet someone down, but there is, you know, you run into it. There's a certain point where you do run into being too low of fat. And so I will say be cautious with that and be smart with having at least the minimums because a lot of a lot of things are um, a lot of hormones are need fats to be you know properly functioned. You know, you need to absorb vitamins A, D, E and K. You need fats 
Um, so, you know, you just have to be smart with hitting your minimums if you're going to go that type of diet. So totally. Yeah. yeah. And we use fat a lot, sometimes closer to a show for the reason of, uh, you still get the energy from it, like the calories from it, but it doesn't take up much space, which is nice. Cause like, you know, if it's like show day or the day before, you're not going to want to be eating chicken veggies, chicken veggies, chicken veggies, cause that takes up a lot of, a lot of room in the stomach. Yeah. So, you know, you really try to, to minimize that space. So my question for you, Coach Adam is if if that is the case, then what is the dealio with then keto dieting, and how is that any different? Because with keto dieting is very high uh, fat and very very low carb, so that's a different scenario. So if you want to talk about that a little yeah. bit, so all diets have the same thing in common, um, and it just comes down to caloric restriction. Honestly, the advantages of one diet over another diet are very very nominal. There hasn't been a specific diet to show what we call a um, metabolic advantage to any large degree. So there might be certain diets that have like a slight metabolic advantage. And this is something that, um, you know, Dr. Jacob Wilson has been dove a lot into with the ketogenic diet. And he's, you know, he's found some areas where he argues that there's some metabolic advantage. And there's some areas where I would agree with him on it, but nominal, you know, being the, the thing. So, um, and that just has to do with your body producing more ketones and, and that type of thing. But the reality is, is whatever diet you can stick to is the best diet. That's what I, I always like say. I like that you know. answer. Yeah. Yes, I agree. The best diet is one you can stick to. Mm -hmm. If that's high fat for, you know, actually I did keto. Me and Tori went on this keto thing for like, remember how long I was doing keto? I mean, I don't even remember how long I was doing it. It was just, it was just easy to do keto. It was like yeah. easy. Remember I said it was like easy to be cheesy because I could eat, <laughs> I could eat cheese on a keto diet. We're like, oh, right. just eat a piece of cheese. You know, it's fine. When I was traveling a lot, Tori, I want to say Tori went on the diet for like almost two years was on keto diet. I was on it for at least a year, like at least a solid year. I don't remember how long I just got used to it. And I just was like, at a certain point to me, carbs kind of became wasteful. I was like, why would I waste food on rice? You know, like that type of thing. And then, and Tori got me thinking that way. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It is. But she's like, there's really nothing to it. Like, why are you just not, you know, if you just did a veggie, it's like the same as a rice. Like there's, they're both like not something you're super desiring. And I was like, you're right. I kind of don't desire rice. I just kind of have it. Cause it's like part of the meal, what you're used to. And so then I just started doing like cauliflower rice and to me it was the same. And then, um, I just carried it on for like a year. I don't, I don't even remember how long it was a long time. I was on keto and, um, I didn't mind it. You, I adapted pretty quick. I felt fine in the gym. Um, and so any, you know, what it, what it did is it gave me less total calories and that's all it did. It just yeah. gave me less total calories from carbs. So any diet, all those diets. So fast, like if you're doing a fasting diet, if you're doing a low carb diet, doing a high protein diet, all of them are the same thing. They have a caloric restriction and the net end of it is you're eating less calories than you burn. That's, that's really the net end of it. Now in, you know, we could, we can go into all these crazy different things, you know, blood sugar and ketones and fasting and, you know, all these different things. But the end thing is, okay, is it still more calories out than in? Yes. Okay. That's why you're losing body fat. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, is there a slight advantage? Is there a 3% advantage because you have, you know, you're producing ketones and all this different thing. Maybe, you know, but we're talking what a couple percentage points, like, is it really going to be the determining factor? So, um, you know, you can, you can offset that by a few minutes of cardio, you know, it's not like, you know, that's, that's the thing is people who are doing what we're doing are offsetting such those minimal micro percentages in the gym so much that it kind of doesn't matter anyway, whatever works for you is going to be what works best. You know, I have some people on a high fat diet. I have some people on a really low fat diet. I have some people on a really high protein diet that, you know, registered dietitians would look at my menu plans and be like, what are you doing? These things are all over the place. I'd be like, it's how that person does best, you know, and sorry, this person's at 
1200 calories. I know it's crazy to you. <laughs> She's getting ready for physique sports, you know? So right. yeah, it's all, that's what it all comes down to. And I think that, um, I would say to you, if you're, if you're doing a diet and you're fighting it and it's really hard for you to stick to it, then maybe look at trying one of these other diets, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I'm not a huge fan. Of, the only f diet I'm not a huge fan of is the intermittent fasting diet, but, um, I do have a, I do have, I think I just have one person who does that. Now, and Adam, you can't just say it without explaining why. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know. Why don't I'm, you like intermittent fasting? I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of it because the intermittent fasting period generally runs into the window of people when they're working out super, they're working out fast and not eating enough after. So for me, I'm still cautious of that post-workout. And a lot of the clients that will do the intermittent fasting work out first thing in the morning fast and then they don't eat till like noon. And so they're like, they're, you know, they're fasted and then they're losing that window of recovery that, you know, I still think that there's, there's a lot to that. There are some, you know, there's some studies that show like the glycogen replenishment. And that's the problem is we're not getting like, no one's going to fund these studies because no one's going to make any money off of them. Like you're not going to make money finding out the perfect post-workout for someone unless you're trying to sell like a perfect post-workout formula product. And you're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars hoping that it works. Like, cause then everyone's just going to copy the formula and sell it anyway. So it's like, you're not getting this huge funding. There's like, there's like a study done with a, a cyclist where they did it, where they checked for like the glycogen stores, like after, right after he had a hard workout and one where he um, waited. And it, when the one, when he had glycogen, uh, the maximum glycogen uptake after his cardio session was right when he ate it versus the one that was done um, where he ate later. It was a, there was a difference. It was a nominal difference. It was still a difference. So for me, I'm like, you know, I still want to maximize our window of recovery um, I do, I do want to maximize amino acid like uptake. Um, and so I will still, I'm not a huge fan of that for bodybuilding right. for weight loss. And if, if building muscle isn't a concern and for, for non-physique sports, if you eating only during an eight hour period of the day keeps you from eating more calories and it keeps you stuck to it, then great. Most people mess up on their diet when they get home. Mm -hmm. No one really messes up throughout the day. Like it's, it's, everyone can eat a breakfast and run out the door eat a good lunch and at their, at their work, right? Not go too crazy. And then it's when they get home. It's everyone's when they get home. So it's like, that's 90% that's of the problem. You get home and you're just a garbage disposal for your refrigerator, right? <laughs> it's like, so if you're someone who does that and you all of a sudden say, okay, I'm going to do intermittent fasting and I'm only going to do it from, I'm only going to eat from whatever, eight o'clock when I wake up to six o'clock when I'm done with work. And when you're at home, there's like a and that keeps you from eating an extra thousand calories at night because you just can't stop, which, you know, to be honest, it's, it's some people. Um, yeah, go for it. You know, if you're doing physique sports, I don't know how great that's going to work, you mm -hmm. know? So. Yeah, makes sense. So I wanted to backtrack a little bit um, because I know we spoke a little bit about diet adherence, like the best diet is the one that you can stick to. So with that being said, would you then say that some people, even if they can stick to a diet, maybe it's not the best for them because some people are a little more carb sensitive than others and a little more fat sensitive than others. Like meaning if you give one person a bunch of carbs, they might react negatively versus maybe that um, athlete might just do better with fats because, you know, whatever their body processes it better for whatever reason. So would you also say that's a factor? Of, I'm sorry, can you say it again? <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening, but I'm watching this okay. too. But I, okay. I heard, I heard it, but okay. I didn't so, process it. Um, I'm sorry. Okay. First time I've ever done it. So I was like reading because this question. I was like, oh, we'll go to this one uh, next. Okay. You know? <laughs> so um, I wanted to backtrack a little bit because we spoke a little bit about like the best diet is the one you can adhere to. Yes. So with that being said, would you also say that even if you can adhere to a specific diet, it might not be the best for you okay. because some people are a little more carb sensitive than others and some 
people are more fat sensitive than others. Maybe the calories are the same. However, for whatever reason, that competitor uh, doesn't lose as much weight with carbs versus fats. So, you know, because I know that there is a difference in that. And that is the thing, how sensitive you are to carbs, how sensitive you are to fats, because we all kind of process it differently. And of course, that's something that you wouldn't know right off the bat. It's probably something that you've tried a few different diets and you just notice like, whoa, you know, whenever I lower my carbs and, and increase my fats, I just tend to lose weight better. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Yeah. And that'll be different. That'll be different based on different times, too, of the different periods of that person's life. So for example, we talked about me being keto for, you know, like a year, right? I would, I would be at my lowest carb performance at the end of that year, right? Like if I was like, I got a new coach and he was like, all right, we're just going to load you up with carbs. I would be super sensitive to those carbs, right? So that's a, that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be a factor of, you know, what your diet was and how you're going to perform, right? So Mm. it's not just person per se, it's set up more yeah, than anything, you yeah, know? Yeah, good point. Now, um, so that would be one thing, that one one factor to take into to account. So is it, are they doing keto already? Okay, well, then maybe keto is the way to go for them. Um, you know, and then and the other thing too is, uh, this is, the, here's the hard part about being a coach, honestly. Um, a lot of times the athletes are right when they say, I'm more whatever, right? I'm more carb sensitive. I'm more fat sensitive. But I was telling Aubrey earlier, we, we got a, like a question here that came in and it was, she was like, oh, she says she's carb sensitive. I'm like, everyone says they're carb sensitive. Like, it's not that you're carb sensitive, you're calorie, you're, you're, you're calorie sensitive and workout, workout sensitive, right? You're, everyone gains weight by eating extra calories. Everyone gains weight when they don't work out, right? But then they come down to the conclusion, oh, I was eating a lot of carbs during that time. So that's, I'm carb sensitive, right? So they have this thing stuck in their head that I'm carb sensitive. And I'm like, okay, are you actually carb sensitive? Are you, have you never tried, right? Mm-hmm. Have you never tried to do a diet with carbs? Have you never tried to do a diet with fats? How do you know that you're this way? Have you been on a sustained period of time where that would, you know, be the determining factor? Like you knew that it was that that caused the problems? Were you 100% adherent to your diet? Were you sleeping good at that time? Were your hormones optimized? Like was, was everything right in that scenario for you to say that? So that's, that's where the problem comes in. Because once people start saying in their head, they're like, oh, I'm carb sensitive. I'm fat sensitive. I'm whatever. Um, they just kind of believe it, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the, that's the problem is you do have to, when I do a diet for someone, I want to go into the diet saying, I want no preconceived notions of any type. I want to just do a diet. I want to see them check in for a week. I want them to follow the diet 100%. And then the next week, I'm going to get some data back. And then I'm going to adjust it accordingly, right? So some people um, that I start start with, I would say it's probably like 10%, 15% of the people I work with will be like shocked that, that they're eating this many calories and losing body fat. Like, I can't even believe I'm eating this much and I'm, I'm not doing that much cardio, whatever. Like a lot of my plans that I start with, I don't even start them with cardio. I'll just start like the first week, like no card. Let's just see what happens, right? Let's just give it a shot. Worst case scenario, we gain a pound, we'll lose it next week, right? But I'll start it and then they're like, wow, I lost, I lost, you know, three pounds this week without even doing any cardio and I'm eating more calories than I have before. But I wasn't eating any carbs before, right? That type of thing. So that they would have never, they would have never known this unless they tried it. And I'm like, just, let's just try it. Let's see what happens. Let's let your body tell us what to do, not your mind tell us what to do, mm-hmm. right? And so um, when we start getting that data and after you kind of get that, from them and you, they see that, that it works. They kind of just don't say anything anymore at that point. You're just like, I'm just going to let you do your thing because it's working and I would have never tried it on my own. So who knows what else I don't know. Right. So here's, that's the problem you run into with that, that situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think they're fat sensitive. A lot of people think they're carb sensitive. Are you actually, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's very few people are that sensitive to the point where it's going to keep the results minimized, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. 
So um, I do think too, as well, when, when people say they're carb sensitive, they might've had like a bad experience with it because carbs are typically known for like, you can uh, maybe acquire some, some water weight, you know? So maybe they had an experience where they had like a very high carb diet and in the first week or so they had a weight gain and, you know, most of it's water, but in their mind, they think it's not water and they think it's fat. Perhaps that's why they... They have like this bad experience with carbs and because they're the devil's macro too. And they're <laughs> against my religion and I can't, I can't indulge. What religion is that? <laughs> protein. I'll get back to you on that one. Proteinologist. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> That's funny. Um, the, yeah, so we have another, uh, another question here too, which is another myth, which is uh, kind of funny. Someone said, uh, one of my, my coaches said, never mix carbs with carbs with fats oh that's a good that's a good they just one. said it on the on instagram mm-hmm. here that was the one that got me off derailed on that other one because i was thinking about it yeah um if anything okay one calories in versus calories out so carbs with fats doesn't matter if you eat carbs on its own or fats on its own calories in calories out right if you at the end of the day if you eat less than you burn you're going to lose body fat no matter how you consume the food you could drink liquid oil right at a thousand calories in one sitting if you and you, if you burned two thousand calories, you would burn one thousand calories from fat that day. Doesn't matter how you do it. You could drink pure Kool Aid, a thousand calories, and then you would lose a thousand calories from fat if you burn two thousand calories a day. It doesn't matter how you consume them. So the reason that that coach, um, and I'll use that term loosely, <laughs> would say don't do carbs and fats together is because he's probably thinking about the glycemic index. This is this is the funny, funny like, some people know just enough to be stupid, right? And it's like. I'd rather you know nothing because you just are stupid for saying that because you're putting two things together that don't make any sense. And so what will happen is you'll have, so remember the first rule I said, okay? So um, the calories in versus calorie out, right? We can't, that law exists, okay? It's a law of thermodynamics. We can't change that, right? So So calories in versus calories. So if you have, so a coach will say you're having carbohydrates and that'll spike your insulin. So we want to spike the insulin after a workout, give your, give your body a good spike of insulin, and we can drive amino acid to the muscle um, a little bit easier if we have that insulin running, right? So that's, that's true. We can, we can do that. We have a, a high glycemic index carbohydrate, spike insulin, and easy digesting protein, some amino acids. We can shuttle amino acids to the muscle cell a little bit faster, right? The, the insulin will help us, right? Now, at the end of the day, even if you spike that insulin, if you ate a caloric deficit, it's not going to matter if you shuttled nutrients to cells right away. Right. So what the coach, the reason the coaches will say that, or they'll say, you know, don't eat carbs with fats is that they think if you spike insulin with carbohydrates and then consume fat, you're now going to drive fats faster to cells. Right. Here's the thing. If you ate carbohydrates on their own, the glycemic index of that carbohydrate is going to be higher than if you consumed it with fat. If you having fat with it will lower the glycemic index of that meal. So on its own, a glycemic index is one thing. Combined with other foods, it'll take longer to digest and then lower that glycemic index. And two, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because it's calories in versus calories out either way. So it's just, it's such, when people say that it's such nonsense and not thought through, I'm like, for two reasons. One, the caloric deficit is going to de- determine anything. And for two, it's going to lower the glycemic index of that food by having fat anyway. So whoever that coach is, is saying that, send him this because <laughs> he needs to educate before he gives out information. It's so important that you guys picks like when you guys are picking your coaches that they at least have a decent basis and understanding basic nutrition science, you know, yeah. cause it's like, you're putting your body at risk <laughs> with them, you know, like 
he's probably not going to hurt anyone, but who knows what else he's doing if he thinks that's the thing. If you think you can't have fast with carbs, I mean, what are you doing all day long? Are you isolating your foods, like separating? Yeah, I was thinking that too. I mean, that <laughs> like, fat is going to stay in your system for a while. It's not like, oh, just 20 minutes later, everything's gone. Clean slate. <laughs> like it stays in there, you that, know? That guy's meal plan is like 20 separate Tupperware containers. Like one is just carbs. <laughs> Two hours later, it's just your touch. fat portion. <laughs> Yeah, you can't, they can't touch, touch separate backpacks. You have six-pack bags. You have six six-pack bags for carbs, fats, proteins. They're <laughs> contaminated. You don't <laughs> yeah, want any cross-contamination. That's how you get fat right there. Oh, you mixed it in the same bowl. That's how you got fat right there. That's the problem. Oh, my gosh. How do you how do you grease a pan to, to make, like, a pancake or something? Nope. I don't know. New pan, you need a new pan every meal. Every oh We're going to talk be hardcore, Ashley. I thought you had. I thought you were already doing that. Well, what about the fats that already have carbs in it? Like, maybe, like, a peanut butter oh my god you, you just you <gasps> special order Gasp. you just special order your pb just oh my god <laughs> do, do it separately i know god. that's so yeah it's so it's so bad these guys with i don't even know how they come up with this stuff man Oh my so goodness. it's just yeah it's pretty funny it's it's kind of fun to see that that stuff is still out there like i get it when i was training you know i was 18 years old and there was no internet you know what i mean like that's that's different. You know, that's like prehistoric times, right? You're like, rode a dinosaur to work, wrote down meal plans on paper, you know, <laughs> had a trough outside for my horse. And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> it was wild times, you know, we didn't, we just thought that's what we thought back then. Back but, when protein bars tasted like cardboard oh, and crap. Can we talk about the protein bars back the then? The evolution okay. of the protein bar, man. That's why, you know, I'm a little bit. Sometimes it's funny because sometimes people are like, you're too hardcore. You know, you grew up in a, in a bodybuilding world since I was, you know, 14, 13. So people were like, you just don't get it because your mind is so trained from this that you don't get it. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. Do you understand how easy it is to be a bodybuilder? You have yeah. protein bars that taste like donuts. That oh one gosh. bar donut? Yeah. Come on now. Like so, in, in sugar-free barbecue sauce? What? I know. Like what a time to be alive. I'm not missing out on anything. No. Those Quest cookies too get me. I love those. I used to boil so chicken. Good. I used to boil chicken. I thought heck? it was how I had to do it. Man. I'd boil chicken, and if I had to desperately eat a metrics bar, it was like the so the metrics bars back then, and no 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 harm against metrics. They were like the first ones like Where created they, these like protein the bars. Big one hundreds or something, or okay. even before that. Was I don't. Season. I don't even know how. That's to explain the first it. one I remember is a big one hundred. I don't even know how to explain it. It was it was essentially like it was. I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to explain it. It was so bad. Like it was basically like a foil wrapper that was stuck to the bar like it was stuck to it and you had to peel it off the bar like it wouldn't you couldn't like slide it out you had to physically peel it off the bar and it was so dense that like chewing it you'd probably burn as many calories as the bar had by chewing it <laughs> in the cal it was a net negative bar <laughs> like the, it was so much chewing i had this huge pronounced jawline i looked like a boxer it was awesome but oh like it, <laughs> talk about digestion like Back then, protein gas from bar bodybuilders was like a real, like now, I don't know if they, it's not as bad, I don't think, but back then it was like a real thing. <laughs> like, it was just like part of it. It was like part of life. It was terrible back then. So now when I'm like, they're like, oh, it's so hard to stick to a diet. I'm like, you're doing it wrong. There's, it's, yeah. you have to be doing it wrong. You have Like to you be. must be doing it the old style way where Jeez. it's like, you know, that way. Or like you're boiling your chicken and stuff. But yeah, man, I remember my first protein shake. I got it from GNC and my dad got it for me you know I, I think i wasn't even 18 from gnc wild berry flavor and it was so bad that i had to plug my nose and then just down it in like 30 seconds and then even after i did that the residual scent and taste 
just from it being in my throat it made me gag and I'd do through a few of like the <laughs> things, you know, and then I had to get like a water chaser and hurry up and drink it. So I'd get that out of my mouth. But wow. And that now they taste like milkshakes, you know? Oh, they're so That's good. You know, everyone's posting Transformation Tuesday. And I just got to say, why isn't a Transformation Tuesday for a protein bar? That's the true MVP. Yeah. We That's the f- true MVP. They, they really figured this thing out. Yeah. Uh, they, you know what? I think maybe it's not that me and you are good at adhering to the diet. Maybe it's just we're just so damaged from our former life. <laughs> like it was we like, we have it good. Like it was essentially eating prison food and yeah. you just kind of like ate what you had to and now we're like free. Yeah, it's like we're out of we're out of jail. Yeah, this is supplemented protein jail. That was those were rough times, guys. Yeah, I'm I'm telling <laughs> you, you are all very spoiled right now. I want to all spoiled. You know, we should just do that. Like for someone who's like having a hard time sticking their diet, we should give them like two thousand protein bars. I know. Does anybody week. have a fossilized protein <laughs> bar out there? Exactly. Can you please ship it to the contest <laughs> prep center? I mean, <laughs> look in your backyard if it's, there's any fossil remains. They probably taste the same. They uh, probably have not. Like, there's so much junk in them. They probably didn't even go bad. Like Maybe. So maybe there's one in the corner of somebody's basement with cobwebs or something. I would love to find one of those. We'll have to, like, dust it off and it just... Was, we got to find pictures of that, put it in the podcast. We're going <laughs> to find a video of that or something. Because, like, you'd unwrap it, and literally it would be stuck to the, the foil. It was I'm so sure it's even harder now. Oh, it's man. just been just... Like fermenting and then and fossilized now. I, I remember the uh, it was like a detour bar came out and that was like the first good tasting protein bar and they were like we're like this tastes like Snickers this is crazy this is how is this thing right? it was like it was still like it wasn't that great but we were like losing it as bodybuilders we we're like this do you try these <laughs> so I bought every case that came in when they first came in I'm making like six dollars an hour I was like it was <laughs> that's <laughs> it was, awesome. You know what, too, is I'm noticing, like, even protein powders will have, like, a collab with, like, even, like, chocolate bars. Like, I saw a Snickers-branded protein powder. What? Like, yeah, I was in Canada, and I saw it. I saw huh. the picture. But they're doing that in, like, different, like, uh, like tasty protein or tasty candy bar companies and candy itself. And even, like, the drinks that you use, like, what is that one? That one's Swedish, Swedish fish, fish, man. Ghost. Look at that. You know Look Ghost is that. down the street from us? For real? Yeah, I saw their. I saw a big thing of theirs. How'd you see a ghost, Adam? I didn't, maybe oh, I missed really? it because they're invisible. Was, I set you up. Damn it! I should have took advantage of that. <laughs> that was a I, good I scooped that one away. You did a good man. good job at that one, Ashley. Yeah, that was a very Adam Adam. I know. Branded joke. That was a good That's, one. That one. That one's something you. Would I've been say. I've been getting some really good dad jokes lately. They've been pretty good. <laughs> I've I've been following this new channel on Instagram called Dad Jokes, and Aubrey sends them to me all the time. So we have this thing going on in the office. Yeah, we were real productive here. Anyway, <laughs> well, what other? Uh, I think we had another good question here. Um, well, what do you got on your side? So let's talk a little about about the controversial practice of waist training. <gasps> Gasp! Some people, it's so it's such a hot topic. I feel like, and it's very polarizing. Some people say. Hey, it works. I love it. And then other people will go as far as to say it ruined your life. <laughs> you'll never have kids and you'll, you'll, your career will be over. And pay more taxes. And, <laughs> and then some. <laughs> it so just ruins your life. It ruins your life. It's so dangerous. I lost my you gotta wife. Stop. You gotta lost, s- lost my children. I'm <laughs> this waste trader. <laughs> To repossess my car. <laughs> this is the way it ruins lives. And, and and it's a it's a medical emergency. You should never do it. So first and foremost, let me preface this by saying you can overdo everything yeah. in life. Everything. Even 
caffeine. You could overdose on caffeine. I've probably been close. But the smart people don't do that, right? So I would think, (laughs) I would think with this small brain of mine, I would think, wow, if this waist trainer is hurting me so bad, maybe I should take it off. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. But then some people, I guess, just ignore that part of their brain that says, Hey, this hurts. Some people ignore that and they just live in it, even That's, shower in it, and they just don't take it off and they just tighten it every day, little by little, just keep it on for all eternity. Inching away at inching their life. away until <laughs> the ribs within them break and snap and their stomachs become disformed. And next thing you know, their stomach is coming out of their butthole because they're tightening that it. That far? So we went that much. far? Okay. Believe, it, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Some people don't have that part of their brain that says, this hurts. Stop. Yeah. Some people just don't stop. So I think... That was that was a wild ride you took us on. They go that far. Ended up with the stomach out of the butthole. That's (laughs) they go that far. That's a far one, Ashley. I mean, are we gonna reach a whole new audience with this? If you go onto the forums and and they say how their (laughs) lives were ruined, I mean, one has to assume they took it that far. Yeah, Yeah, I would. uh, I mean, for me though, for me, I just say like, oh, this hurts. I'll I'll just loosen it. You know. Or I'll take it off. Oh, that is, it hurts? Okay, maybe it's a little bit too tight. I'll loosen it. Let's go, yeah, let's go into the uh, the waist training part of it. Because, yeah, that was fun. We should have started off with this one. Shoot, it's I a know. juicy topic. This is juicy. It's juicy. It's juicy. I'm exhausted. So, the <laughs> so, so with the, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, which is happened. So, anyway, with, so with the waist, here's the thing, okay. Here about ten years ago, this happened to me about ten years ago. Um, I was pre- I was prepping a girl for WBFF Worlds, right? It was a World Championship. She ended up tenth, um, tenth in Worlds, which is cool. Um, and she said to me, she said, um, "I want to wear a waist trainer. Should I wear a waist trainer?" And I said to her, "Honestly, that's stupid. Like you shouldn't wear one." And um, I have said it. If, if it works, it's going to be nominal. I honestly don't think it worked. It doesn't make sense that that would work, right? She says, "Okay, I'll trust anything you say." But can you watch this video? And um, if you if you watch this video and let me know your thoughts on it. I said, all right, cool. So she sent me this video of this girl and it said, world's smallest waist, right? And you guys can YouTube this video. Um, type If you just type in corset waist or world's smallest waist, um, probably the same girl's going to pop up. If not, someone else like her will pop up. And she showed me, she kind of exposed me to the whole subculture of extreme waist training, right? Uh, the girl that she showed me had a 13-inch waist. It was crazy. It's like the equivalent of a CD, like a CD player. Obviously, you would never do that in bikini. It would ruin your physique. You wouldn't right. look it, right? But the argument doesn't become, at that point, does it work? It becomes, obviously, it, it does. It works. So this girl wasn't born that way. Right. All these girls in that subculture weren't born that way. So you can't tell me it doesn't work to some capacity, right? It's just, it's right in your face, you know? So a lot of times, these coaches out there or trainers out there will like demonize it and like it doesn't work it's stupid it doesn't work it's stupid I'm like watch that video I thought it was stupid too you know and then I watched that video and I was like okay well maybe it is still stupid but it works right and so there's no way to argue that it works or it doesn't work so I think that just looking at those videos if you're if someone's arguing with you on that and saying it doesn't work then on that alone send them those videos and there's hundreds and hundreds of girls who have done it who've got extreme waste 
Now, I would never say do that in bikini. It'll ruin your physique, and it probably isn't healthy for you at that stage. Right, and I think at that point, too, you're literally wasting away ab muscles. Like, yeah. we don't want that much. <laughs> we, we don't want to take it that far. So we say, to okay, what at what point is it useful, is it beneficial, and is it dangerous, right, for you to get an inch or two inches off your waistline, right? You could look at, a good example was... Um, Phoebe did a good video on this. You could type in Phoebe Hagen waist training. She did a good video and she tested her waist, like the same conditioning one year to the next year. And um, the same level of conditioning. And I think if I, I don't want to misquote, but I think it was two inches smaller on her waistline with waist training versus without. This wasn't extreme, extreme use. This was wearing it for like periods of time that I'll generally recommend. And I generally will say um, two hours a day at six weeks out and only use that six weeks out then three hours a day, adding one hour a day until the show, right? So you're not wearing it for long periods of time. Now the question becomes, is it healthy for you to do that? And I don't think, I don't think that there's a, that it's healthy for you to do that for sure. But I have had chiropractors tell me, oh, I love your waist trainer because it keeps everyone in good posture all day. So maybe there's the offset of that, mm -hmm. right? Is it, is it healthy to squeeze you like that? Probably not, you know, probably not. But how, how harmful is it? I don't know. People wear, it's funny because the guys that are telling you this, a lot of times are like, these science guys that do powerlifting and then they put their belt on like super hard when they're in the gym and they like, they use the lever belt and they do a lever belt and then they do a squat with like 500 pounds on their back and they're like, it's not healthy to wear a waist trainer. And I'm like, dude, you're squeezing your guts with a lever <laughs> and then getting under a rack and putting weight on top of you and support. Like you have, you're telling me that I shouldn't wear a waist trainer when you're wearing it like 10 times tighter with a thick leather belt. Those are the same guys. And it's like, where's your common sense? You know, you're literally doing more, right? So, um, so here's the thing, you know, bodybuilding. And I think that we have to, we have to look at it at what it is. Bodybuilding, physique sports, they're an extreme sport. It is not, you know, casual golf with your friends on Sundays, right? This is an extreme sport and you're, yeah, bodybuilding at the level at that highest level is not a healthy sport, you know, doing that much cardio, eating that little food, coming in that lean all the time, like, of course, no, that's not, it's not health and fitness, guys. Like, we need to understand that health and fitness stops at, like, for a, for a, a woman, probably at that, like, 16% body fat range, and then after that, it's starting to get extreme, right? You're starting to really get lean, and you're pushing it at this point. It's not, it's, it goes from you, you playing rec league swimming, like Ashley will mention, like, rec league swimming to Michael Phelps swimming, training for the Olympics. No one wants to mention that it's not healthy for him to do that because he's winning an Olympic gold medal. But yeah, him working out eight, 10 hours a day in the pool, eating, force feeding himself 10,000 calories or whatever crazy calories it was for him to actually do that. Probably not the healthiest thing on his body, right? Probably very hard and taxing on his body. Let's not even bring up sprinters and things like that of what they're putting their bodies through. So Yes, it is. You're going to take, probably take a little bit of a risk. I have never, so I've been um, doing the waist training thing now for 10 years. I have yet to have a issue with it. I can't say that no one will ever ha not have an issue. You guys have to do it at your own risk and do your research on it and whatnot. But as of now, what I've seen hasn't been any studies showing any harmful side effects for that, for that type of use. Now, long-term excessive use, sleeping in it, wearing the, it 24 hours a day. That, the kind that like makes your stomach go out your other end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You that should kind of use these, be smart about it. Don't squeeze it too hard. Right. You know, it take your time with like, it. You know? chill. Like you can, you can loosen it. It's fine. Yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. There's a lot of common sense involved. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, how much you should be wearing it. Shouldn't be wearing it. Um, you know, I, I feel like wearing it for short periods of time and it helping a little bit, you know, I'm not trying to change a girl's 
shape. I'm trying yeah. to lose an inch or two, you know? And you know what? If you guys, whatever forums you're reading, forums are the funniest things. All they do is talk smack behind yeah. anonymous names. Literally, you could be like the... I mean, you could be, I, I don't even know who you could be. You actually couldn't be anyone. Like, right? You could like just help kids your whole life and be like, they'll just say something about you, but uh, on those okay. things. So yeah, the the reality is, is that I haven't seen it and I've, you know, I've been part of thousands of them at this point, you know, yeah. you know, I, mm -hmm. I can't even really say it. So, but yeah, you got to use some common sense. Yes. The people that are doing those extreme things. Like we're not trying to do that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and the, you know, what's funny is you can watch those interviews and a lot of them are like, yeah, no, nothing's been, everything's fine. Everything's still regular. And everything. however, I, I feel like if they, if the, one of those corset girls with the CD inch waist, <laughs> I feel like they couldn't even do like five sit-ups like they're yeah. probably so weak in that department. Yeah. That, that is too much. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I think like it's, it would be helpful to kind of mention why it works and what we're trying to achieve and what we're not trying to achieve. So from what I kind of understand of it, there's three ways it could work. The first way is diminishing muscle, which we don't want to do. That's the CD waist girls. Those are the extreme ones that you'll see on like a TLC or something. And those are the ones that probably can't do five sit-ups. That is <laughs> not what we're trying to do that is not helpful or beneficial in any way. But I've also heard the, I guess, idea that it can kind of bend inward your floating ribs a little bit. And again, not necessarily what we're trying to do, although I guess maybe could be, I mean, we're not doing it that extreme though, you know? Um, and then other reason would be it strengthens the transverse abdominis, which is that corset muscle, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. So basically that internal um, ab muscle that kind of positions you into really good posture that we're oftentimes neglecting because we're sitting like I am in this podcast just doing this rather than being nice sucked in sucked up. So kind of That's almost, almost yeah. in a way mimics the vacuum in yeah. a sense, because you're vacuumed and you kind of stay there. Um, so that might be the way I would describe the three. I've had a lot of positive feedback from chiropractors for that reason. Yeah. So it definitely does straighten, you get you some straight, good, yeah. good posture going on. Yeah. So. I've had good, good feedback from them from it. And which is surprising when I've got my first feedback from them about the waist trainers, I was like, I was like, Oh really? A chiropractor? That's weird. And then it started being like pretty consistent with them saying, mm -hmm. yeah, it's great for the posture and not. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So I, I guess it just came down to, you know, how extreme you're, you're squeezing that thing, which, you know, the ones that we use, they, you could get pretty extreme with them. You know, you can pull them pretty darn tight. So I would say inch your way, inch your way there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But no, um, I think a lot of it has to do with just, you know, um, minimizing how much your obliques you're using, yeah. um, you know, d disengaging them and then maybe, maybe atrophying those muscles slightly. I don't know. Um, the, the full reason for it, all I can say is consistently over years now, I've been able to get an inch or two off people's waist who were in the same condition that they were before. Is it the vacuums? Is it because I will go to only clean foods? Was it because I've gotten my digestion practice down the, during peak week now? Is it the waist trainer? Is it the vacuum? I mean, there's just so many things we do for the waste in the end um, that it's hard to pinpoint it for mm -hmm. certain being that. But I would say that the 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 one consistent thing with everyone in there is that there a lot of them are doing that, and yeah. so I've I found that to be the case pretty often. Um, you know, that's pretty much that's gosh, and I hate to say because it, it like toots my horn, but that's the that's pretty much the thing that I'm talked about with is getting, bringing the waistlines in small, you know, but 
there's a lot of things we do for that. You know, we sacrifice a little bit of fullness for it. We do a lot of the clean, the, the foods at the end. We like what you talked about, we have a small volume of food at the end versus, you know, so it's, there's a lot of things we've do that we've really kind of put into this practice of getting that small waistline and it's hard to isolate. Is that it? It's definitely part of it for sure. And I've seen more results with that, even in the off season than, than in the in season mm-hmm. with that. So, I mean, yeah. So when it comes to like off season and doing some weight training, another, I guess, point that could be beneficial depending, and again, don't abuse it, but it, it actually can make you a little bit less hungry if you're one to overeat because <laughs> basically it is putting a little pressure on your stomach so you're not able to expand quite as much but the downside to that is you're not going to be able to drink as much water either so it's like one of those things you got to be careful with and not saying use that for that reason but it could be another contributing factor in the off season that they're not like overeating because you're going to feel fuller faster yeah I've had that I've had that happen quite a few times people tell me that too which is kind of cool um, that they just feel more full, mm-hmm. especially with, if you guys know, Ashley, Ashley drinks water like a fish. She oh, drinks yeah. so I much gotta, water. I got to pee already, you know? Yeah. She drinks sometimes three gallons of water a day. It's, it's those starburst <laughs> sugar-free pink starburst gallon size things that you get at Walmart and it's getting to me. They're making me want to drink so much water. But I've lately, it done like maybe a gallon and a half to two because I think I was overdoing it. Yeah. So a gallon and a half to two gallons now, but. It's crazy. So as a, as a rule of thumb, I recommend one ounce per pound of weight. So if you're 120 pounds, 120 ounces, um, that's kind of like the, the rule of thumb. We follow bodybuilder, 200 pounds, 200 ounces, you know, that type of thing. So Ashley's at like 360 ounces. <laughs> she's she's 125 pounds. <laughs> it's it's no, a lot of water, no. but it's, it's like, well, it's it's just funny. It's just crazy that you can consume that much water. I mean, I bet you I couldn't do that in the winter time though. I think it's a summer thing too because I'm often a little little bit hot, so I want to cool myself down, so I drink uh, water. However, in the winter time, even if I drink room temperature water, it's gonna make me a little cold. Hmm. So I actually drink a lot of tea in the winter to like get my body temperature (laughs) regulated. But I don't, obviously when we're drinking tea, it's cup by cup, not gallon by gallon. It makes sense. It makes sense at the volume that you drink. We're in Vegas, so, you know. It makes sense at the volume you drink water that it would have that big of an effect on you though. Because if you figure room temperature water is like 72, 74 degrees, your body temperature is like 96 degrees, right? So yeah, it would cool you down at like a gallon, right? You're dropping core temperature, what, 24 degrees, something like that. So that makes... You know, that would make sense that it was to have some slight impact on you. Yeah. That's I mean, it's crazy that you can drink so much that you recognize that. Oh, yeah. I mean, but even with the gallon, I keep it keep it in the fridge or at least throw in some ice cubes or something, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, if it even if it's wintertime and it's room temperature, it's still going to make me a little cold. So I probably don't drink as much in the wintertime. I wonder if it has like a, a calorie, like a calorie burning effect on you to some capacity. Yeah, because the steps that I walk to the bathroom <laughs> and I have to do like a squat That's for sure when I have to squat onto the toilet seat, that is like one rep, you know, yeah. a body weight rep. And it I'm is. just getting a lot of meat in whenever are, I have to pee so much. That is true. There's at least that. And then there's your body trying to keep up with core temperature, right? So that's going to have some calories. They say you burn um, like people who are working out in like sweaters. This is another bodybuilding thing. Um, dude, I had, there was some meathead yesterday at the gym. I was like so annoyed by him. I was there with Kimber. She was annoyed by him too. He's like, I don't know. He watched the latest Kai Green motivation video, walked in with his gallon water jug, beanie on, sweater on. Like, and he's in Vegas, right? It's hot in the gym. So guys know and during summertime, the gym's in Vegas. They try to keep up with the temperature, but they're big gyms. So like, you know, what usually is like 72 degrees is probably like 78 degrees 
you know, you, some gyms like smaller gyms that can't, you know, don't want to have their heating bill be so high. You might get to like the 80, 81 degrees or something like that. He's wearing a sweater, uh, beanie, put the sweater over his head, gallon water jug, dropping the weights like crazy. And I'm like, dude, you're the smallest guy in here. What are you doing? Dropping the weights. We're all controlling the weights. Like it doesn't, it makes me so mad. Their music's blasting where you can even hear it coming out of their earphones. Got his like, got his chain in his mouth. I'm like, dude, you, you for sure watched the latest motivation video. Like, like Kai Green motivation video, you know, like he's like in a, oh my gosh, you're, if you're, if you do that, just so you know, guys, you're, you're, you're a douche. Okay, That's like, funny. like everyone's looking at you like you're a douche. Does that mean whenever, <laughs> if somebody watches my motivational video, they're going to put bows in their hair and <laughs> yeah, a exactly. full face of makeup coming in <laughs> right. with a small water bottle and, and a lip gloss yeah, yeah. And, and a hair tie on their wrist? Is that, is that the equivalent? <laughs> So, but the, that's funny. That would be, you wonder if you, I wonder if there are some, there has to be some, I could see it happening. I the last, last <laughs> Ashley motivation video. <laughs> now I got to wear this bow in my hair. <laughs> it's bow for gains. It's like that cup you had where people thought it was helping your glutes grow. Oh yeah. <laughs> so funny. Ashley said one time that, uh, this cup helps her glute gains because it had a butt on it. And someone's like, well, how does it actually work? Like, like, where can I get one? Can you explain to me? <laughs> I would love to, to get your knowledge oh on this. My gosh. And they were serious. And I was scared. Man. I'm like, wow. How did you make it through life, man? Dude, after after this whole like 2020 year happened, I realized how easy it would be to start a cult because there's a lot of stupid people out there. They're, I was like, dude, yeah. yeah we." Just sell anything. Like, it's literally Dude, anything. You got to be careful. Because, you know, a lot of my jokes are like, I'm being sarcastic or I'm being, I'm saying something so wild and out there, um, such as your, some people's stomachs will go through the butthole. That's an example. But I will be so, like, out there that in my mind, I'm like, they, that's obviously a joke. Like, no one's going to believe that. And then I'll have somebody, like, ask me about it and, and frame it as, like, I'm actually really curious about this. Can you explain to me how this works? And like, they think I'm serious and I'm like, I got to be careful what I say. Cause I, I think I'm saying something so out there that no one in their right mind is going to believe it. And they believe it. And I'm just like, Oh man. wow. Yeah. Okay. 2020 man, 2020. So okay. <laughs> the, uh, you ever heard the funny, the, well, one of the funnier ones is I think you said like in a live, you were like, yeah, they're like, how old are you? You're like, yeah, I'm I was like, oh yeah, I'm 76. Yeah. I'm almost 77 next year. I'll, I'll be 77 this <laughs> next month. And then somebody like reposted on their story. Like, wow, what a great, she's so motivational at her age at 76 years old. <laughs> like she, wow, way to go girl. Like, and I'm just like, dude, I don't know if that's insulting to you for believing that or insulting to me that you think that. I'm like, geez, my goodness. I'm like, okay, I got to be careful. I need to yeah. calm these jokes down a little bit because there's some gullible people out there. I'm like. We need to put a disclaimer anytime yeah, a joke like, pops up. Oh like, my gosh, this is dope. I actually started doing that sometimes too. Like in some of in some of the YouTube videos, like when we would make jokes and they were wild I would have like, <laughs> I would have to put up like a, this is only a joke disclaimer in, in, um, those little stars with um, asterisks, asterisks, yeah. this <laughs> is a joke. Like, just so you know, that's great. Just so you know, so, so back into the beanie thing, right? Okay. So the people think you burn more calories with that. 
Like, so that's, that's why I brought it up too. One, I was annoyed by the guy, but the, the, the beanie sweater thing you burn, you'll, if anything, you're burning less calories. Your body's trying to cool itself down. But when you're trying to get your body temperature up is when you burn more calories. So the colder you are actually, you're burning more calories than the, the warmer you are, you know? So that is a, that is another myth that we can kind of just really throw out there. And actually sometimes, um, when people get leaner, one of the tricks to uh, on dieting down when the people get leaner, when you get leaner, you get colder, you have less fat, less insulation, right? But what happens is people will turn up the thermostat and make their war rooms warmer. And then um, what they've, one of the tricks that people will use at the end is actually keeping your thermostat the same or even bringing it down a little bit because you'll actually burn more calories when you're in a colder state. So yeah, it's one of those things that people will do. Um, I, I bet you it's super nominal, but it's there, you know, so so if there you'd you rather um, sleep in misery um, and <laughs> make that. your room very cold, or here's another idea. You can just like park a little bit farther when you go to the grocery <laughs> store. Like you can park kind of like at the end of the parking lot instead of circling the parking lot to find that one prime spot that's right up front. It does the same thing. <laughs> so um, you you choose, uh, you pick your poison. You I, know? Was, I, I, was, I mean, I'd rather just park farther away, <laughs> to be honest. I was trying to... I was trying to sell Ashley on that because uh, before I lived in Vegas, we would stay at each other's houses before we would like fully, before I fully moved to the same city. And Ashley's like 74 to 75 in the house. And it's like, I'm like, you know, look at Aubrey's. I see everyone thinks that's hot. Aubrey's like, what? <laughs> it's so, she's so, what do you call it? Tropical? Yeah. Yeah. I don't so think I'm hot. as bad anymore though. You're not? I don't think so. Well, I guess in comparison to Hugo, he likes even warmer than me. But he's from Brazil, so he's an excuse. Yeah. I'm from Ohio. You know, there is no excuse. So, um, you know, I think I'm a little better with it now. <laughs> I think so. Um, I don't know. Maybe I've just adapted better and I enjoy a little cooler breeze now that I live in Vegas and it gets into the one teens. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, you know, actually, actually come to think of it, you know, a little, a little colder is nice. I will say that adaption thing's a real thing because yeah. the first year I was here, it was so hot. And then the second year I was here, it was like, it was pretty hot. And now it's like, eh. Yeah, I'm fine now. What's I feel the that? same way. I feel the same way. I'm like, oh, unless it's in the one teens, it's like doable. It's like, oh, it's no big deal. Yeah. And other than like the, the like skin burning off my body, I feel like fine. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> you know, it's like, fine. My the, skin's the, just melting off yeah. and a piece fell on you, the floor. Yeah, do you no ever, big deal. Do you ever feel like that though? Sometimes in Vegas, like I won't be hot, but then like you feel like your skin's like burning. The only time I felt like that was when I would get into the car after it being in the sun for a few hours, but I've found a way around that is getting at like one of those steering wheel covers and then a seat cover that's not black. Okay. So if we just stay, just keeping the, you were literally burning. Yeah. I mean, I was, sit <laughs> and I was sitting actually. in shorts, like, you know, yeah. when you sit in shorts in a hot car, like in the, in the seats are black, it's like, Whoa, you know, but if you cover it, it's fine. Okay. All right. I got this new umbrella thing. It's really cool. It's an umbrella and it covers the window. It's like an umbrella though. You just pop it up, pop it down. You guys seen that? It's really cool. Mine's got like an American flag on it. So sad. And it's basically an umbrella. It covers the front window. So just for you, I'll get you one of those. They're really cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess anyway, with that, is there any more, any more bodybuilding myths? Um, you know what? Pro chef girl asked a good question about the uh, window. I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do an ask Adam on that one because it's a little bit longer, but it's, she I talks about the, uh, <laughs> the thermic, the, like how long does, okay. So it says, what is the calorie in versus calorie out time frame? For example, everything consumed calories burned from a workout within 20, same 24 hours. So that's, that's a really a, good point. Yeah. I'm going to screenshot that. I'll do that one. But just to give you a short of that, um, the, 
body will turn on once and turn off once. Okay. It turns on when you're, when you're conceived, it turns off when you're dead. Okay. That's, that's basically the on and off switch for the body. So other than that, there is no on and off switch. It just, you're just continuously burning calories. So to give you a short of that, um, the it's, it's over a period of, over a period of time, that period of time could be any period of time, right? So we look at it as 24 hour periods because we sleep and we go to bed and we sleep within a 24 hour period, but really the body's always on. So there's not like a set point, I guess I should go into, but I'll go into it more thoroughly on that, but there's not like a set point. We just think of a day, but you know, man created time, you know, we put time on the days of going up and down. We could have very as easily have done it as three days as put, call it one day, you know, if, if we just named it differently at that point or call one day, three days, and then we would doing our calories all differently and thinking of them totally differently. But because the, we've come up with this 24 hour thing, um, based on the, 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 what is it? The, uh, one rotation of the earth. Um, this is where we're at. So it, but it's not, that has nothing to do with the body. It's just how man created time. So you're not like, you know, it's over. I'll explain it more thoroughly, but yeah, that's a, that's a short of it. <laughs> cool. I should support with that excuse. Cool. Good cool. Stuff. All right. I guess with that, are we done? We're done. We're done. No We're more, done no more buttholes to talk about. All right, guys. So with that, <laughs> we will talk. What an exciting episode this yeah, was. It got really juicy at the end. It did. Good job, Ashley. That was fun. All right. I'm well, here. I'm here to entertain. <laughs> what can I say? That you did. That I'm you did. I feel like there's going to be clips of that made. <laughs> people are gonna clip it and then make it a thing like we're not joking you know yeah, that kind of thing that's so take funny. it out of context <laughs> and everyone will believe it well it would you know when they say why is her waistline so small they'll be like oh well she just she carries her her stomach in a bag out of her butthole because <laughs> like, the stomach's no longer in it's my body. in her purse yeah, yeah she carries it in her purse <laughs> it's great have you seen her eat before she just puts food in her purse yeah that's so, how it is. anyway all right well I'll talk to you guys later thanks so much <laughs>